Welcome to the next, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore and we nix it. I'm Justin Hartung. And I'm Fanny Darling. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we always do our best to let you know that they're coming. This week, we're talking about the pop culture we've been distracting ourselves with this week, and we also rewatched the 80s movie Young Sherlock Holmes to see if it holds up to uh, inspection. Yeah, gonna blame that one on Rona Brain. Okay, as I mentioned, we are going to discuss Young Sherlock Holmes, uh, a movie that we both saw in our youths uh, and had some kind of feelings about. I don't know. We'll talk about that more later. Um, It is free on Amazon Prime. So if you want to go watch it first and then come back to listen to us uh, talk about it, uh, because we will be doing spoilers, go ahead and do that now. Um, otherwise, rate and review us. Um, you know, helps us find, helps people find us, and that's always a good thing. And as Fanny always says, what else you got to do? Uh, so, what did you do in pop culture this week, Fanny? Other than Young Sherlock Holmes, I made my kid watch a bunch of movies that I hadn't made him watch before. Because what else are you gonna do? <laughs> so we watched Drag Me to Hell, which is Sam Raimi's. Rami, how do you pronounce that guy's name? I think it's Rami. That's what I thought. Sounded wrong when I said it. Anyway, it's his, you know, one of his old horror ones, uh, Alison Lohman and Justin uh, Long. I almost said Justin Hartung. <laughs> way that's going to work. Uh, girl gets cursed by a gypsy, may or may not get drug into hell. Small kittens suffer. Uh, <laughs> how did it go? Okay, so how hard did Parker laugh at the garage scene? At the parking at the garage. garage scene. The what? The parking garage. Oh, yes, very much. And there was lots of ews and icks. And yes, it was quite satisfying. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> that parking garage is probably, Dave and I, like it's the scene we laugh hardest at in the history of cinema. Like oh, whenever yeah, we're feeling down, we'll just watch the parking garage scene because it is so funny. And Parker had a good point, though. He's like, so wait a minute. When she got the dentures, did she go and say, like, give me the weird, creepy, old lady, gypsy, I'm going to curse you dentures? Or did she just not take care of them? I mean, is that a thing that happens with dentures? Your dentures to that point. I don't know. That's a really good point. Yeah, Um, I I really respected that point, actually. So we watched that. It's still funny. It's still... It kind of falls apart at the end a little bit. Like the second half, you're like, eh, but the first half... Yeah, the second half's not great, but then it has a really good ending. Yeah, that's true. Nails the ending. So anyway, and then I made him watch A Fish Called Wanda, which is, you know, for anybody... There used to be these things called movies. <laughs> for all of you youngins there, ask your parents. There used to be this guy named John Cleese before he was nearly headless Nick. He was a year older than we are now and considered old in the movie. So, yeah. And how did that go? That was great. He got actually got a little mad at me that I hadn't ever shown it to him before. And so is all the, like, stuttering Ken, is that, like, sort of terrible? And No, because he loses his stutter once he 
runs over again who's coming to kill me and kevin klein is so charming and ridiculous that he manages to pull it off and make it all that guy's is an asshole you know right right so it's done well we also uh parker had never seen the animated 101 dalmatians so um parker says he just heard me talking so i said he was kind of old i know that parker said he was kind of old i'm (laughs) the movie thought he was old (laughs) right exactly (laughs) (laughs) so um and so we watched the animated 101 dalmatians which parker had never seen and still that one i love that one that's one of my favorite disney movies you know i'm not sure i've if i've seen it it's been so long that i don't remember it so i will totally watch it it's on your disney plus okay (laughs) you have to search for it though because if you just put you have to go like two Disney animated movies because if you just put in 101 Dalmatians, it'll only pull up the live action one and it, you can't find it. So you have to just go through their list of animated movies. Huh, and weird. that's how you, yeah, it's very weird. Um, we, I watched three episodes of John Oliver this morning till I wanted to kick something. I have decided that he's probably the only news I can listen to through all of this because at least you also kind of get to laugh. Fair. Yeah. yeah. So things that are, that's what I did in pop culture. There are some things making me smile. Ryan Ryan Reynolds' uh, Twitter account in general. uh, Today he made, wrote a tweet about his children. And he said, uh, hold on. I took a lot of pictures after that. My daughters wanted to be uh, the Avengers. Now it's healthcare workers because in quotes, they're the real heroes. Well, in 20 years, who's going to defeat a menacing, no-nonsense CGI villain backdropped by sincere musical swells? I'm not supposed to say it out loud, but kids are dumb. <laughs> Love it. And then he also wrote an article about how he's faring in his house with his three daughters, his wife, and his mother-in-law. And he said, well, my mother-in-law doesn't know it, but she's extra food if this all goes real bad. <laughs> okay. That is amazing. Now, have you seen the handstand t-shirt challenge? No, no. Okay, so Tom Holland uh, recorded himself trying to put his t-shirt on while in a handstand. Okay, this is a new challenge. Okay. There's lots and lots of heavy breathing. And also Tom Holland with no shirt on. So, you know, people in quarantine can go where they want with that, with the heavy breathing and the abs. So... <laughs> At the end, he nominates Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal. Ryan Reynolds just stares into the camera and makes funny faces and says, no. (laughs) That's amazing. Jake Gyllenhaal does it, only does it way better, but then recorded with no sound. So the internet is like, wait a minute, how is there a challenge where we got Tom Holland deep breathing, but not Jake Gyllenhaal? Wow. And Gellen Hall's got like he's got like super yoga instructor energy. He's got like this weird ponytail. And so look it up. Okay. It's, That's definitely yeah. happening. Wait, is this a real it's a fake ponytail or a real ponytail? Oh, it's real. I don't know if it's for a role or something, but it's real. Oh, that's horrifying. I mean, is yeah, it like a like a little tiny short man bun? No, it's kind of long. I mean, it's oh. up high, but it's wow. kind of long. Yeah, it's okay. it's some people might be into it. It's it's not my thing. I, I forgive him because he is him, but yeah. I, I'm not super into it. Also, Billy Porter, always being Billy Porter, has now put out his second quarantine challenge. Uh, th- this one is show me your best couch potato catwalk. So you're supposed to 
the fashion that you're in and your hair is crazy as it is, send him a video of the of you catwalking and he will pick his favorites and put them on Instagram. So Dilly Porter's doing what he can to keep us all happy. So is that, yours coming what, soon? That no. Because <laughs> I'll fall on my head. I'm lucky I got through my hikes this week. So speaking of, should we talk about Drag Race and Snatch Game? Yeah, of course. Um, what did you think of Drag Race and Snatch Game? <laughs> I'm going to make you start. I mean, okay, so Jackie was great, but that character wouldn't mean anything to you. The Lisa Renna jokes you would not have gotten, Did but Parker and I were falling <laughs> off the couch because it was right on and perfect and really hilarious. There's so um, many housewives on those snatch games now. I don't never know what's happening. Yeah, that one. I mean, Lisa Renna, you watch Melrose Place. Do you know who Lisa Renna is? Years ago, who was she? All the lips, lippy. Okay. She's got the big lips and the like hair that kind of short hair that sticks out from her head. Was she the She's doctor? married to Harry Hamlin? What was she like the no. doctor? No, no, know. that was Kimberly. That was Marsha Cross. Okay. Anyway, okay, like I'll send Marcia you a picture Cross. of her. You know who she is. Okay. She's we always called her Lippy back in the day. But, <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, why can't I think of the other really good one? What do you think? Because I'm brain dead. It was really not good. Um, The Snatch Game, I think I bitch about this every season. It just gets worse and worse and worse. I enjoyed the robot. The robot was No, that was it. The robot hands. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) that was very funny. And I was like, oh, you know, it's an argument for doing weirder stuff and not just doing bad celebrity impressions. And it made me think so much about the uh, generation gap, you know, between like Poppy and you know, trying to get people to do like Juliet. It's like, there's a, there's an interesting divide happening in sort of gay pop culture and drag race is starting to feel on the other side of the fence as am I. Um, My favorite part of the entire episode was the guy from Mean Girls reactions to everything. Yeah. I wanted just a camera on him for the lip sync for your life because he was so obviously just having the time of his life. Yeah. Wait, wait, and which really one? Uh, the which guy, one? the, the, the... Weren't there know, the two of them? From the, yes, they were both from Mean Girls, but the oh, Mean Girls, boy. rather. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The one who played the love interest on Mean, in mean yeah, Girls. Yeah, it's funny. I saw him and I was like, I don't know who that is. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Yeah. Um, go back and watch He that. was like, he was Regina George's boyfriend, I think. Okay. That movie yeah. could be worth a rewatch, I think. Yeah, we could watch that one too. We, we don't got nothing fun. else to do. Exactly. Um, all right, should I take it away? So I started Tales from the Loop. Do you know about this show? I know it exists. It is on Amazon Prime. It is like nine episodes, eight episodes or something. It is based on this series of uh, kind of illustrations that this artist released a few years ago that were um, sort of viral online. There are these like sort of suburban-y, Spielberg-y landscapes with crazy like robots hiding in the background and um, just sort of, I don't know, captured that great kind of uh, Spielberg-y sort of mystery. Uh, like uh, what's the Christopher Allwood? Is that the author's name who does like Polar Express? Yeah. Uh, it kind of had a little of that going too. Um, 
So I was, I remember reading about the series and I was curious to check it out, but I thought, oh, it's probably going to be really terrible. Um, what they've done, it's really smart, is there is a central conceit of this town where the loop is some sort of uh, thing that's happening in this town where there's a sphere that's sort of generating weirdness throughout the town. And while there are some overlapping storylines and there are some overlapping characters, mostly each episode is focusing on a different sort of set of characters in this town and how this weird sci-fi-ness sort of radiates out from the, from the center of the town. Um, I really, really like the first episode. It is, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I heard some people be like, it's kind of slow and we don't know where it's going, but oh, I, I hear um, Puck yes. is very excited about Tales from the Loop as well. Um, <laughs> Um, so I don't know. I'm very curious on your thoughts. I'm going to keep watching this. I've heard kind of mixed things from other people, but I loved it. It's just kind of right up my alley. Um, good kid actors, which I, to me is always like a, a big thing when kid actors are good and um, you don't notice their performances. Uh, I also watched um, Netflix. Uh, I forgot to talk about this last week, I believe. The Quincy Jones documentary. I'm pretty sure I didn't discuss this, did I? I don't know. Nope. Um, Quince, it's called Quincy, go figure. Uh, it is directed by Rashida Jones, his daughter. Um, it is really moving and amazing. And he was just such a thoughtful, interesting guy. He, you know, is very open and honest about his faults, which are like you know, alcoholism and womanizing. And um, his family is sort of this various families because he was married several times to puts up with them through all this stuff. Um, but he seems in general, very kind and very thoughtful and did a lot of really amazing humanitarian work. And, um, you know, also was just so involved in so many kind of early movie soundtracks and things I had no idea he had worked on. He did like a ton of movie soundtracks in the seventies. And of course he did the famous Michael Jackson albums. Just the production on those is wildly amazing i mean he really is like the sound behind those albums um yeah i really recommended it i was sort of a friend recommended it and i was like i don't know i'm not that interested in quincy jones and i ended up being a little obsessed with him um next in fashion is on netflix again i can't remember if i talked about it last week but it is the new netflix fashion show that sort of is their attempt at doing a project runway it is very short season it's only like 10 episodes or something um it has tan france who i it was new to me but is apparently from queer eye who i find kind of annoying and alexa chung who is new to me and is also kind of annoying oh she's real annoying yeah i did not care for the hosts um i will say the contestants on this show are so delightful and fun and super supportive. They don't do, there's like no negativity on the show. They've just completely like edited around any of that. Um, so it was sort of refreshing. And I actually, I've sort of given up on Project Runway Canada. And now I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to watch Jackson Fashion. Um, it's, a, it's a good binge. I, I, we tore through it pretty quickly. And it's also very high budget. You sort of feel like, God, when Project Runway comes back, they're going to have to, like, step it up <laughs> a little bit. Um, they have these crazy catwalks that, like, do all sorts of crazy light shows and tricks. And um, and the designers are they're a little sort of more established already, so the fashion is pretty um, kind of next level, kind of right from the start. So um, another Netflix show. Apparently, this is the year that I've embraced competition reality shows. I am starting to watch Nailed It, you guys. Um, Never listens to me. 
so have you watched all of Nailed It? I can't remember. Yes. Oh my I God. talked about it on this podcast several oh times. God, it's so, part of it's me is terrible. just like. I mean, it's terrible and wonderful. It's so stupid. It is the perfect show when you are working and you just kind of listen to it in the background and then you're like, okay, they're unveiling their creations. And then you look up and then you laugh so hard your ribs hurt for like two minutes and then you go back to your work. Um, the best one is when they have wines, uh, the the woman with the big glasses who looks like Edna Mode for the uh, cake. Oh, she's so good. I love her. She was the best. I want her to be a permanent host for always i know the hosting situation is a little weird like i just watched one where like some comedian was the co-host and he just leaves halfway yep. through the show you're yep. like what is happening i don't think this is a shtick i think they <laughs> no really- it wasn't a shtick it was like he had he was like some family emergency or something he just up and left <laughs> it was so weird i mean the whole thing is so chaotic that it sort of makes sense um yeah. But it's funny, and I actually I really like Nicole. Is that her name? Byer. Yeah. Um, her her interactions with Jacques Torres are yes. kind of amazing, and yeah. I think I'm gonna watch the entire run of Nailed It. Um, yep. We yeah. wanted to watch the new season, but we were like kind of in a fragile state, and we couldn't take how loud it was. It is so, loud. Yeah. It is very screamy. Like we're they, getting there. But... When she does her like nagging the other contestants, you're oh. like. Oh, you are annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I would hate that. Yes. Oh my God. Um, so other pop culture, I am still reading through the Michael Scott and uh, Nicholas Flamel series. I'm on the second book, The Magician. Um, I have to tell a little funny story. I basically tried to get, I got the first book through uh, the Berkeley Library kind of ebook system. And then I was like, oh, I think they're all available. And so I tried to go on and the next two books at the library were already on hold. So somebody else is like also reading the series. So I was like, okay, motherfucker, I'm going to get the like the book after that. <laughs> so I'm like now in like a, a bidding war or whatever you want to call it, for the like ebook thing of the library to keep somebody else from taking my free books because I'm going to get them first. Although and- I... How much do they cost on Amazon? I don't know. They're like 10 bucks. I mean, so I bought the second one and the third one because they weren't available, but I reserved the fourth one. I, I mean, I got it out. So now I have pressure to read the second and the third one quickly, but I was amusing myself that I'm like getting competitive about the ebooks on Berkeley Library. Um, I'm still reading The Stand because, yeah, I'm that person. That is so weird. Just come I, on, just read these Nicholas Fumel books. It'd be no, fun. I want to read The Stand. I'm actually <laughs> really enjoying it. All right. And Ooh. I'm prepared when the dark man starts coming to us all in our dreams. I am prepared for what to do. Nice. Okay. Um, I also just, we wanted to mention Adam Schleisinger, um, <laughs> the songwriter uh, behind a lot of the crazy ex-girlfriend songs, all of them, most of them. All of them. He, had, he um, had every 157 songs. Yeah. He passed away um, from COVID-19. I fucking hate this virus. That's terrible. Um, he was also a member of the band Fountains of Wayne, and I've, I've gone down a little bit of a rabbit hole listening to them. They're most famous for Stacy's Mom, which is a fun song, but I don't think it's nearly their best song. Um, but I want We also to- lost character actor Mark Bloom, who was the husband in uh, Desperately Seeking Susan, and mm-hmm. most recently on Succession. I think he was 59, no, maybe 69. Oh, God, there's going to be so many of these people that we sort of find out about after the fact, too. 
Um, I wanted to pray, play appropriately a little bit of Sick Day from Fountains of Wayne's uh, first album. They are also a Jersey band. So this, I mean, Jersey is struggling right now. So this has a special uh, resonance, but um, let's take a listen to that song right now. Adam Schleisinger, um, we're going to miss you. Check out the girl in the harbor tunnel Crawling to work six feet under And the day has barely begun They're all chewing gum And laughing at the voice On the crackling radio station Lead us not into Penn Station Parts just begun. We're all becoming one again. And she's making the scene with the coffee and cream, and the copy machine's not working. She's a hell of a girl, she's alone in the world, and she likes to say, hey, good looking. Okay, uh, should we move on to our rewatch of Young Sherlock Holmes? Sure, let's do it. Right. Uh, this is let's we're gonna talk up. about Young Sherlock Holmes. We're coming full spoilers, you know, because 40 some years, 30 some years, I don't know, a long goddamn time ago. Okay, <laughs> um, this was Amblin. Uh, Steven Spielberg and Industrial Light and Magic produced um, as they took full credit for that. It was directed by Barry Levinson right after he did The Natural, which I fell asleep during because I was, (laughs) what, eight? Um, The screenplay was by Chris Columbus, who has apparently been around forever, starred Nicholas Coe and Alan Cox and Sophie Ward. These people Uh, that kind of just... Well, Alan Cox grew up to be hot. No, they actually have all been acting ever since. And Alan Cox actually got kind of hot. He had a Neville Longbottom glow up. Oh, nice. Um, I have to check them all up. Yep. (laughs) I mean, none of them went on to do anything huge, but they've continuously acted and stuff all along. And actually, Nicholas Crow played um, a matinee uh, Holmes in Mr. Holmes with Ian Kellen. Oh, fun. That's my interesting little piece of trivia uh, like no, whatever it. that was three or four years ago when that came out cool uh movie imagines holmes and watson if they met at boarding school and they investigate a murder related to an egyptian egypt obsessed cult i like cults egypt is my mom's thing but cults are mine apparently it cost about 18 million to make and it made 19 million so yay a million dollars uh and it had the first true cgi characters thank you ilm for producing and that's where we're at. Did it hold up for you, Justin? Okay. So first, had you seen it first. since? I think you were I've, a kid. I've seen it once since I was a kid. I, I have too. I can't remember when. Like it was probably twenty years ago. I don't know. I hadn't seen it for a while because a lot of it I was like, "What happens now?" Oh, I remember the scene. It's like right. so baked into my brain. Um, right. I remember loving this movie because it came out in 1985 we were 13 um i don't remember if i saw it with you or if i saw it with somebody else um i think i saw it with my mom yeah i feel like i saw it with i don't know somebody else um but 
it's funny that it only that it was kind of a bomb like in my mind it was sort of a big movie right? for the 80s and it was funny to look back and be like oh it was a big flop and i'm sure they wanted to make it into a series and it well they did with the whole after credit thing and everything they yeah. certainly wanted it to be a series totally were. yeah um and starting it um I was immediately like, oh, this is why I love this, because the first half with all those crazy hallucinations from, you know, the poison darts that cause these sort of fantastic uh, things, including, you know, killer like roast chickens and, uh, (laughs) you know, little uh, candelabras that are attacking people and, you know, the CGI uh, stained glass. All of those scenes were really scary to me as a kid. I loved oh, them. Yeah, they were kind totally. of thrilling. Um, but, like, I thought that movie had a good, like, sort of dark, like, good, like, full-on scary thing. And I do think Barry Levinson handles all of the, um, I don't know, it's sort of the setup of all the school and the characters really well. It was interesting watching it and thinking about how much Harry Potter sort of I was seeing through a lot of the boarding school scenes with the long team. Well, and that's and Chris Columbus's. That's true too. I totally and he about directed that. the first Harry Potter movie, and yeah, totally there's makes sense. it's all baked in there. Yeah, and then it kind of gets to for me like the part where they. Here's my big problem with the movie: there's not really much of a mystery, and it's like it's more like they find a little trail and they follow it, and then it turns into like a young Indiana Jones rather than him really solving a mystery in an interesting way. Oh, yes, Puck, you agree. (laughs) It's fucking here. Um, Keep talking. (laughs) Oh, Puck, she's doing her best in social distancing. Um, But, yeah, it just, it falls apart a bit in the second half. Um, I don't think it has a very strong villain. Oh, my God, the brother and sister cult villain leaders that from the, they're so boring and so bad um and it all feels a little like indiana jones rip off well and it's like the half. same villain yeah anthony higgins is the same villain from indiana jones wait he's the actual same actor yes no way yes so we, he's he, the, the 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 you know the other anthropologist not anthropologist what's the word i'm looking for he's the other indiana jones in yeah in raiders of the lost ark no way yes way (laughs) they're digging in their own spot that's oh my god yeah it's yeah so the poor man's armand asante (laughs) right i think the scene where they're in kids ask your parents Uh, right right (laughs) the scene where they're in the graveyard and they have three separate hallucinations is kind of a little mini masterpiece i remember that really scene being so baked into my memory as a kid and uh, the sort of chubby Watson character being force-fed uh, you know pastries <laughs> and then when he yells at the pastry in the next scene <laughs> and he's like you won't tempt me you French pastry <laughs> there's a lot to love about this movie I, I fully see why I loved it and I can see the flaws and I think it would probably bore the hell out of most kids today but I'm curious I would love to hear like a 13 year old's reaction to it now totally um, totally I only have that 17 year old and he is like that's fine whatever yeah um, also woo, the female character um, she got way fridged oh my god she got way fridged and just really bad writing like she has no yeah. agency there's like nothing for her to do except a fawn over him uh, well and they named the dog uncas so what what was that about and i, I, I don't know, know what, i don't know what uncas means i just know it's a terrible name for a dog 
And then he, she kept talking about her uncle. And you're like, uncle, uncus? Yes. Wait, is it the dog or the uncle? Who are you talking about? Exactly. <laughs> it was a really stupid name. It was strange. And also the guy and his flying machine, all well, of that. Well, he was supposed to be like Leonardo, right? I mean. I get, yeah, all that stuff could have been left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. It was like a little too much. And then you wonder if there was an original version of the script where his nemesis at the school, the the, the Malfoy stand-in. Um, right was actually like supposed to be more involved in the story just a lot of it possibly really... or maybe he was set up to come back at some other time with yeah. uh, race i mean yeah right uh all right so what did so what else what did, what did you think yeah i don't have that much to add to what you said all right yeah i ran it a lot um, but... it, well it it's Again, I think that it still holds up and it was a pretty good, solid mystery and a good, solid story, but some of it wasn't great. You know, the the female character, the both lead actors were good. Yeah, I really um, liked them. Yeah, I thought they were both, they weren't precocious and obnoxious. They seemed kind of natural and I liked their energy. And I liked that, Sherlock, even though he was, you know, obviously had affection for Watson, he was still kind of a jerk and, you know, made fun of him. And and I thought they baked in the the character of who Holmes is in Conan Doyle and in canon pretty well. And I liked that. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't hate it. I but I don't know if I if I had never seen it, if I would have been like, oh, this is not good. I, I mean, think my affection for it was... There's definitely, like, way worse 80s movies that get a lot oh, yeah. more attention. So you sort yeah. of feel like, oh, this this movie deserves more attention than it got. And No, totally. I would yeah. I would agree with that. I, I think it's a good, solid little movie. It has yeah. its problems, but in general, it's well-acted, it's well-written, and it does clip along. There's no time where you're like, okay, I wish you had cut... Yeah. There's stuff you could cut out, but there's nothing where you're like, oh, God, just this is interminable, you know? I did giggle a lot at the. There's a finale in the temple where, you know, everybody's fighting with swords, but because it's PG-13, they can't actually, like, stab any, anybody right. with a sword. So things just fall on people, luckily, like, for the heroes. Like, there's constantly just like, I'm about to fight you. Oh, something just fell on you. I'm fine. <laughs> it just made me laugh. Right. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else to add? Um, no, not really. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, if you guys want us to keep doing these, um, let us know. Cause, tell us what you know, we should watch. Yeah, tell us what we should watch. It's the easiest way to interact with us. Where can they do that, Fanny? You can find us on Facebook. Just search for the Knicks podcast. Uh, you can send us an email at motiontonicks at gmail.com or you can send us a tweet at the Knicks podcast. And I am at Fanny V. Darling on Twitter. And I'm not on Twitter these days. So, <laughs> see you next week. Bye.